the HVAC field is starving for young, eager techs. This is the most exciting and challenging field to be in. Come on a journey to find out what you really need to get started from a veteran and company owner who has trained many successful techs. Welcome to Ability Man's HVAC Tool Belt. Good morning, and I am your host and creator of Ability Man's HVAC Tool Belt, John Dungan. This is our 12th episode. I am interviewing Joe Terry today. He and I met at a Jeep meetup, and it turns out he was in the field too. We had some really interesting conversations, so I wanted to bring him on to the show. Can I really call this a show at this point? Well, I guess time will tell. Before I get into it this morning, I'd like to remind everybody that I post regularly on Facebook and Instagram at Ability Air. And I have a bunch of videos on YouTube at John Ability Man Dungan. That's spelled D-U-N-G-A-N. I kind of shut it down for the last week. I did my best to stay off social media. This election crap is driving me nuts. So I hope to be back to posting this week. Anyway, this podcast is specifically about getting into and being successful in the HVAC field. This is from my perspective as a tech, installer, contractor, slash employer. I have been an HVAC contractor for the last 13 years and have been in the industry for 20 years. So if you know someone or you may be interested in the field, please pass this podcast along. I think I can help them out. Okay, so I have Joe Terry here. Good morning. Good morning, John. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to get right into it. Um, How long have you been in the HVAC field? Started back in 93, straight from middle school. My mom told me I was going to be an AC guy, and I told her she was crazy. And I went to (laughs) Tampa Bay Tech and studied HVAC from sophomore, junior, and senior year, and then expanded upon that, went to college, Universal Technical Institute, Houston, for HVAC Technologies too, and then first job, Tampa Bay Train, you know, Went cool. through different companies. We have ourselves a bona fide <laughs> AC guy. Right. He's legit. He went to college and everything. Yeah. About eight years of school. Eight years. And about 27, almost 28 years in the field now. Wow. Yep. That's a while. And uh, <clears throat> what area of HVAC, if any, do you specialize in? I went from school directly into commercial. So I was just, you know, commercial industrial service tech. That's cool. Yeah, that's, cool. that's where I went. My buddy, when I went to school with, he went into the residential portion of it, and I went straight to the commercial side of things. Yeah. You know, I'm not really a fan of addicts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but in my experience, you don't really see a lot of guys go from commercial to residential or residential to commercial. They usually kind of, it's like either or, and they don't really mm. cross over too much. I've had a few guys, um, actually the same guy that I was talking about, Chris Dave, and he went in and he tried to dabble into commercial and he's like, eh, this is not my forte. And I'm yeah. like, listen, this is, you know, in commercial, you can have a lot uh, more room for expansion and continuing education. And, yeah. you know, it, it, the technology keeps evolving all the time. Yeah. So, and also the more that you know and invest in yourself and your education, the the more money you make. Yeah. Also. Yeah. So. It is a totally different animal. 
Um, I've also seen it where commercial guys tried to come in and do residential. Mm-hmm. And it was very weird and awkward. Right. Having to go into somebody's home. And, yeah. Yeah. There's know. a lot of, lot more conversation, a lot more selling, a lot less like written out estimates. Right. It's like kind of blow and go. Right. I mean, that sounds kind of haphazard, but it really is like blow and go. It's right. like, you know, I'll hit, I'll hit 10 calls in a day. Right. Yeah. There's a lot more service calls. You, you have to be on it. There's no, no lack. Yeah. Whereas also you guys, the on call is like really crazy critical. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. When I was with Air Mechanical, I was on rotation of service call for every three weeks. Yeah. You know, exactly. Because they had enough crew where I wasn't on call every week or every other week. Yeah. You know, some of the smaller companies. But if they say go out at 10, there's no like arguing with the dispatcher. No. No. <laughs> no it's do fun. they really, how many air conditioners do they have? Do they really need it tonight? Can't they wait till tomorrow morning? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I used to get service calls at two in the morning. Yeah. You know, commercial stuff. You've got server rooms down or, you know, we would do a lot of hospital work. The, the ER rooms down. You got to get up and go now. Yeah. Now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no waiting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's different. It's different. So for anybody who's been listening to my podcast, they know that I definitely am a residential guy and have dabbled in commercial just very little. I guess my biggest one was uh, I was into cell phone towers, air conditioning on cell phone towers for T-Mobile. And that was crazy because I had to, I mean, if it was two o'clock in the morning, I had to get up. So I got out of that for other reasons, actually. It wasn't even the on-call. It was the fact that they strung me out for like 90 days on payments. Oh, really? Wow. That's not cool. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Anyway, um, so we talked a little bit about um, how you got into it, your education. Um, Earlier, before the podcast, we were talking about your certifications and the schooling that you've done out after you went to college for right, right. years. So eight, four years of high school, four years of college? No, it was just uh, uh, a year at U- um, Universal Technical Institute for HVAC Te- Technologies, too. So they crammed in a lot of classes within 11 months. Okay. So I was going for five nights a week, six hours a night, and oh, doing okay. a full-time job. Oh, okay. So I was doing that both. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then okay. when I came out of school, all my um, instructors were like, listen, you've had this schooling, but you're going in the field. It's a different animal. You're, yeah. you're going to be a baby. You're a rookie. Don't get in your head. Don't be <laughs> cocky. You know, be careful. Electricity can still kill you. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you need to yeah. humble yourself when you first get in there and don't act like you know something. And if you ever have a question, absolutely ask because you can oh, get yeah. hurt. You can damage the equipment. You can, you know, ruin the reputation of the company that you're working for, you oh, know, yeah. so oh, yeah. definitely communication. Communication, for sure. Definitely do not think that you know anything. What was that saying from a Full Metal Jacket? You know nothing. You know less than nothing. <laughs> if you knew you knew nothing, that would be something, but you don't. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Love it. One of my favorite quotes, but actually really good rule for life, I find. Yeah, yeah. If you assume you know something, you really shut yourself off from that information. Yep. Um, okay, so we talked about your education, and okay, let's make sure we hit on this. How much, how many, like how much after school education have you gotten? Like, 
through your company or through vendors or whatever, as far as like training, like talk a little bit about that. Well, I went, you know, I, my first commercial job out of school was with Tampa Bay train Yeah, and then they have all their infrastructure and training. So, you know, they yeah, st- train has like tons yes. of training. Yeah. I mean, they, even straight out of school, they had very simplistic things about just, you know, troubleshooting a compressor, you know, motors and, you know, yeah. just all the basic stuff. And then, um, eventually I got trained on, um, different stuff, um, like Aon. I, they flew me out to, um, Tulsa, Oklahoma for, um, factory training on Aon equipment. And, you know, I've had carrier Fultronic chiller training and, you know, Centravax training and, you know, yeah. just a whole bunch so of different of stuff. Training. Oh yeah. Now when they pay for your training, I'm, I'm going to assume that they don't actually pay you for your time for training. They no. just like fly you out there on their dime, probably right. pay for your hotel, I'm yep. guessing, maybe some per diem. Yeah, the per, they give you a yeah. per diem, yes, but they don't pay you like your hourly wage or anything yeah. like that. You're yeah. basically investing in yourself. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. You have to. I, I've seen guys give a little bit of static because they had to go to a training at like 6 o'clock at night, and you're talking about going away for like days yes. without pay. Yep. Like, But you want the training. Yep. It was self-investment. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, like and, you said in the last podcast, it's, you know, you're investing in yourself. They don't get to stay, keep the certification. That's you, man. It's you. Yeah. The more that you know, the more you get paid. Yeah. And trust me, those, those training classes cost way more for the employer. Mm, yeah. Like it would be nothing for them to pay you based on the price of the class. But still, it's like you need, it needs to be a two-way street. Absolutely. You have to make the extra step and effort if you want to get anywhere and be successful. Yeah. You know, secure yeah. your finances with your family for sure. Yeah. You don't just do, you know, clock watcher, you know, eight to five. Oh, I'm done. I got to go home. Yeah. No, nope, no. Nope, you got to put in the time. Yeah, absolutely. And you said you've been in the field for how long now? It's coming up on 28 years. 28 years. So 28 years and um, two years ago you transitioned. Yes. And t- talk a little bit about that, what you're doing now. So at the time I was with, working with Air Mechanical as one of their senior techs. Um, I hurt my knee, um, mm-hmm. tore my MCL. So, you know, get climbing up on ladders for an extended time or squatting down, working on stuff. Um, it was just killing my knee. And I was like, listen, I'm getting older. I need to see if I can transition before it's too late. Cause we had guys that were 55, 60 years old, you know, trying to do all this young man work, climbing up ladders, pulling stuff. And they're all humped over and their backs are hurting, their knees are hurting. And I was like, this is a good time for segue for me to uh, get out of the field and transition. It was a hard transition. You know, you're used to turning wrenches and oh, yeah. having your tools and having grease on your nails all the time. And, you know, trans- transitioning into the, the administrative part of it, learning how to type, learning how to do Excel, um, you know, Word and all these things. And it was all alien to me, but I knew that it, this was the time and I needed to do the extra steps to you know, move forward in this industry and then yeah. also mentor some guys that are just getting into it or, or even my techs, they come to me still and ask me questions from yeah. other companies. They call me up. Hey man, you got a minute? I'm like, sure. What's going on? He's like, well, I've got this. And they'll run, tell me what there's, you know, and well, I'll tr- help them troubleshoot a lot of stuff over the phone. Yeah. yeah. But there's a lot of that going on right now. I mean, I know it's always been like that for me. You reach out to your friends, mm-hmm. phone a friend. Yeah. But, uh, it's the smartest thing to do. It's so important that the guys who've been in it for a while, I'm not going to say older guys cause we're not old. <laughs> Shh, don't say that. Okay. But the guys who've been in it for a long time, yeah. you need to mentor these guys. Absolutely. And it's not just schooling. Like schooling's not going to teach you the stuff that we know. No. 
Nope. And that's why it's important to build relationships, keep the phone numbers. Even mm-hmm. if the guy's moved on, it doesn't really matter. If you've made a relationship, the guy's going to help you out. Right, exactly. Right, And I have guys who still call me from Las Vegas when I was there. Hey, John, what do you think about this? Or, you know, and I, I just, I always take the time to help them out, walk them through. As long as they have the information. If they don't have the information, I'm like, Right. Dude, I cannot help you. Yeah, you have to chase. That's <laughs> can funny. you can you give me a superheat at least? Yeah. I mean, what's your superheat? Like... What's your subcooling? What's your delta T? Like, do the basic troubleshooting, and then yeah. if you're stumped after you do these things, yeah. then we can move forward. Yeah. Because, like you said, they'll call you up. Hey, what's this? And then you ask a basic question. What's your superheat? And they're like, Well, I didn't check that. I'm like, Come on, man. That's like you <laughs> basic stuff. You got to go through the basics. They just hear click. On the other line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and, and I, I was guilty of that when I was a young technician, too. I would yeah. get uh, intimidated, you know, when I was first in the field, and I would call my boss and say, hey, uh, can you help me out? You got a minute? And I'd start saying things, and he would say, did you check your soup breach? Check your yeah. subcooling? What's your amp draw? And I would, didn't have all my ducks in a row before yeah. I asked the question. He's like, you didn't even put in the effort to really go through the basics to troubleshoot it. He like says, you could have figured this out yourself. Yes, and then and then I realized that after I got off the phone with him that I did be able. To, I just it was confidence. Yeah, you had to have a confidence in going through the basic things. Yeah, I uh, whenever I I worked up my tune up sheet or my original invoice for the company, mm-hmm. it literally had everything on that for a tune up. Right. To just diagnose a unit. Right. Like if you just followed every single measurement that mm-hmm. I gave there, and you could understand how to get each of those measurements, you right. would figure out how to troubleshoot a unit. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like basics. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, we might get back to that. But I wanted to talk about, um, okay, so now you're doing what? I'm an account manager now. Yeah. So I um, I work for Airstron Inc. now here in Tampa. They have a, a very large com- um, base down in Fort Lauderdale and Port yeah. St. Lucie. But I do account management. So now, if you were my client, you know, you I'm your one um, point of contact for everything. Yeah. If you have a service call, you call me. If you have billing issues, you call me. Yeah. You know, if you have retro work or capital budgeting, you need to have put together so that you can forecast what needs to be taken care of. What's the condition of my current equipment? How can I save money? Yeah. You know, things like that. Yeah. So it's been a transition, you know, like you and I were talking about, you know, I'm used to turning wrenches. I'm not used to typing. So I had to, you know, go through the struggle of, you know, typing slow at first and then realizing that I need to get better at this because I have to be able to generate and get out these proposals in a timely manner because, you know, your clients are like, hey, where are we at with this proposal? And you got to be able to type it out and you got to know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, a lot of my clients say that I, I have the, the best um, written proposals because I go step by step as a technician with being in the field, I can paint a picture on paper for them that so they can actually see what they're getting and explain it to their upper management, you know, of yeah. what's what to look that, for. That's really important because yeah. if they knew air conditioning, they wouldn't need you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yep. yep. So you have to dumb it down for these guys. And I try to make it help them look good for their superiors. Yeah, exactly. Make it make sense. Okay, you're suggesting we replace, you know, this is a big company, so probably three pieces of equipment on this building. <clears throat> Why? Why do we need to do that? 
Well, one yeah. either is down. Well, I'm saying like hypothetically, oh. like they would be asking, like they that's oh, what they okay. want to see, right? Exactly. In their proposal, yeah. Like an explanation as to why you're suggesting this stuff. Right. Right. Exactly. And, yep. And I do that a lot. Like sometimes I over-explain things to people, mm-hmm. but because I want them to understand, because ultimately I have like this really deep down fear that they're going to think I'm completely full of shit. Right. Because there's so many guys in our industry who have no idea what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. See it all so, the time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's time. like, no, 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 here it is. I think this, because this, 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 and this, mm-hmm. right. Just to back it up preemptively so that, you know, you're perceived as being like, you know, something, mm-hmm. but it helps because you actually do know something and then you give them confidence. So you have the confidence then you're able to convey it to them. And then, Joe here puts it in writing Correct. so that these guys look at it and go, damn, you just made my job easy. I'm just going to pass it along to my superior and right. then he's going to say yes or no. So yep. that's also the difference between uh, residential and commercial is it's a lot less hands-on. I mean, he's not even the tech. Mm-hmm. He is going off of information that's submitted to him by the techs that work for the company. He interprets it and says, here's my proposal. And then that guy who gets that doesn't even make the decision. He kicks it up to his superior. Mm-hmm. And then they probably kick it up to like a financial guy who says yes or no. So it's like so many levels detached from the actual customer that it's just, it's night and day. Right, right. Yeah. Yep. And a lot of times it, it depends on the complexity of the job. I'll actually go walk the site myself. Yeah. And and look at everything and see That's what important. obstacles may be in the way that may need more manpower to get the job done and and be profitable in the job. Yeah. So just to break it down, um, Joe's been doing this for 28 years. So 26 years roughly ago, Mm -hmm. he got out of the field. Now I had a guy reach out to me, which is really cool. I I encourage people to reach out to me with any questions they have. He said, and this guy said, Hey, I'm, you know, my early thirties, I want to get into air conditioning and I'm just, I'm tracking this back in my mind. Because I know how long it takes to ramp up on this. Okay, you want to get started when it's early. Because you get your education. Okay, fine. Say you go to a trade school that's like local. And it's like six months to a year. A year would be minimum in my opinion. Then you come into the field. You just basically have a knowledge on how to work a meter and theory. Like you've never really changed out a motor in the field at this point. Like maybe in a setting inside of a building right. or whatever, changing Controlled out a motor, environment. it's 70 degrees in there. That is totally different than being on a roof with the sun beating down on you, the sweat. And you have to storms. run up and down the roof like <laughs> dodging storms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so let's say like a year for education. You come into the field, you're going to be making nothing. I'm sorry to say, you're going to barely make enough to live for a single person. You're not going to make enough to support a family. You're just not. Right. Um, you will, it, it'll take about two years to get out of that, really, to where you can make some some okay money. That's not good money. Depends it's, on how much effort you put in also. Yeah, t- definitely how much effort you put in. Right. I mean, after two years of working in the field, I was able to make some really good money. But I worked for a commission-based company. It was not hourly. And uh, I provided pretty well for my family. And then 2008 hit, and everything changed. It was just everybody was losing their house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to replace my air conditioner. I'm probably going to lose this house. 
no thank you. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm just working out the, the ramp up. Okay, so let's say that's three years. Let's just say, right? And if you get into this when you're in your early 30s, mm. let's say 33. Now you're 36 when you just start making like okay money. I'm going to say probably like five to 10 years before you could move into any kind of other position, whether it's like sales. Mm -hmm. Like if you're residential, you could, you could probably do sales after two years of experience. Right. Right. But in commercial moving up from being a tech into, uh, any kind of clerical or sales or management position. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Yeah. You got 10, stuff. 10 minimum. Right. Cause big companies, saturated with guys who've been there for years. They're already been in those desks. They're not retiring anytime soon. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So you either get lucky. Somebody really loves you. Mm -hmm. You get lucky or Joe's case. He put in the time, unfortunately got injured. If you hadn't gotten injured, you'd probably still be doing this. You'd um, probably still be in the field. Maybe, maybe, maybe not the, how quick, offset of what you're talking about. I was up on a roof starting up a hundred ton split system for a building. And I got a phone call from one of the property managers saying, Hey, are you interested in getting out of the field? Uh, well, let me finish doing the startup on this equipment. I'll give you a call back. <laughs> um, and I called her back. Um, and I was like, sure, you know, I'm, this is something that, uh, it's kind of just fell in my lap actually. Yeah. You know, I didn't actually start applying to get out of the field It just, you know, having all the years in the, in the field and, and working in, with the relationships with property managers or customers, you know, for residential and word of mouth from referral, you know, out the opportunity just presented itself and I took it. Yeah. Yeah. And just to be clear, like Joe's not an old guy by any means. He's pretty fit, thin, muscular. Um, so he's got, you know, he's hasn't beat himself to death over this. Right. You do not want to be that guy who's like late sixties, still firing up equipment. I mean, I've seen like other trade tradesmen. I mean, there's no nowhere for them to go. They mm -hmm. can't move up into management or whatever. I mean, it's just they're gonna beat their bodies to death until they die. Yeah. I actually know a guy recently and up until a couple months ago he was still laying floor and you know, unfortunately, he's deteriorating quite rapidly, and uh, it's a pretty sad situation that, you know, he's put himself and his family into by not investing in himself enough to move up, you know, into a management position or whatever so that he didn't have to work until basically he died. Yeah, this trade is hard on your body. Yeah. Your knees, your back. A lot of people don't realize how much it put on uh, puts on your body you yeah. just don't know i mean any trade really yeah but this one is definitely different though because you have to use your mind so much in air conditioning it is not like any other field not to degrade you know electricians or plumbers or you know framers i mean there's definitely some skill involved there mm -hmm. but we have so many different things in our field like electrical plumbing mm -hmm. welding uh, airflow. I mean, there's so many different components to what oh, yeah. we do. So yeah. we beat the junk out of our bodies and then we have to use our mind and keep our cool about ourselves yeah. throughout the job. It's, it's definitely a different kind of animal. And protect yourself, not getting electrocuted. Yeah. 
<laughs> Safety. Make sure you don't fall off the roof. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot more um, actions. There can be multiple reactions from just one thing that you do in, yeah. in the air conditioning trade. Yeah. You know, you you do one thing wrong, you can it can get out of control quick. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, so what are you seeing now, if anything, guys coming into the industry now? Well, back when I worked for Air Mechanical, I was one of the techs. I was telling my boss, John Gallo, I was like, listen, you know, we need to hire more guys. It's getting busier. And he's like, there's no, there is no one. Like the, the generation coming up behind me, you know, I'm 44 now. And the guys coming up behind me, they just, they took trades out of the schools. You know, that Tampa Bay Tech where I went, they took AC out of there and they started taking a lot of the trades out of the field. So the young people coming up and, you know, trying to, when am I going to be as a, you know, an adult? They don't have that option as a tradesman, you know, so that there was a lack there. So um, trying to find anybody that had any type of experience was hard. You had to come in green and we had to raise you from a pup, you know, to the basics and get you moving. So there for a while, we hired people that had barely any knowledge at all in the, in the field. Um, now I'm starting to see it's starting to swing back the other direction where people, the trades are starting to come back. You know, people are realizing you know, I can't be an IT guy because there's 10,000 IT guys sitting at home with degrees yeah. that can't get a paycheck because of the, the market's so saturated. Yeah. You know, and especially living in here in Florida, the demand for AC techs are huge yeah. and it will never change. You no. will always be, if you, you have You're never going to get a robot to do our job. Exactly. That is never yep. going to happen. If you come up, if you invest in the education and put your time in as an AC tech, you will never not have a job. Yeah. You will be very secure more than most any other trade. Right. I agree. Yes. 100%. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's starting to swing back a little bit. You know, um, we're still hiring out of the country. You know, um, Airstron is a union shop, so we have to find people that are going to be in the union. So we hire people. From, we've got a guy coming down from New York um, next week. He's starting with us in the Tampa shop. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a big lapse, and there could be another lapse where we're really struggling and um, I told my boss at one time, I was like, listen, if you don't have the text, I'm going to be more valuable to you. That's going to be where I can name my price. You're going to pay me $50 an hour because you don't have a choice. Yeah. You know, because I'm in that much demand and there's no one there behind me to yeah. even offset that. Yeah. And it's not even like you're holding his feet to the fire. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of you're going to work for your family's best interest. And mm -hmm. if somebody else offers you $50 an hour... Guess what? You love this guy, but you can't right. keep working for less. It's sacrificing for this higher pay if it is, in fact, a stable shop, too. You right. don't want to well, take being said, $50 an hour right. and it's like a pipe dream. Right. Well, that being said, too, uh, in my opinion, don't be a company jumper for another yeah. dollar or two because yeah. uh, one big thing is benefits. A lot oh, of yeah. benefits or companies will pay you high pay, but their benefits aren't really that great. Yeah, especially health insurance, especially if you have a family. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I talked I, a little bit about that too. Right. Like if you stay with a company mm -hmm. for a couple of years, I mean, they, they know it. You have to work for a real dirtbag who right. doesn't realize that he has a valuable person mm -hmm. and, a, and a loyal employee. I've seen right. the company jumpers and I'm like, dude, literally every season, mm -hmm. like you could make so much more money if you had just stayed with this company and he just go off for like literally six months and yeah. then come back. And I'm like, 
Come on, man. And it does not look good on your resume. No. You're seeing that somebody no. looks at your resume, you've been here a year, here two years, here. It just did not look good. Yeah. I don't think it looks so bad when you like first get into the industry. Yeah, you're just trying to figure things out. Yeah, like I don't really like this shop or whatever. Yeah. Some guys really take advantage of newbies. That makes and, sense. Yeah. yeah, that makes but sense. When you get into the field for a while, you definitely want to stick around for a while and build yeah. a little bit of <laughs> I would have still been with Air Mechanical. Um like I was there for seventeen and a half years. Yeah. And when every time I go to Johnstone, Tampa, I would have everybody, Hey, you wanna work for me? Hey, you wanna work for me? Yeah. And I got solicited to work for other companies all the time. And I was very loyal. I was very happy yeah. as a technician there. Yeah. The only reason I left there is because they just didn't have the position open for getting out of the out of the field. Yeah. And also they told that's me because those guys just they get up there and that's mm -hmm. it. I mean, they're yep. there until they're ready to retire. Well, I had a few older techs in front of me that were yeah. chomping at the bit they're to next, get out of the well. They're line. next in line. You know, there's yeah. a pecking order, you know, especially if you're a good tech. Yeah. And I said, well, I have to make uh, a hard decision. You know, I thought I was going to be with this company the rest of my life. You know, so they just didn't have the opportunity to get out of the field. Yeah. And that's when I was like, okay. You know, I told him, I was like, I love you guys, um, but I have to do what's best for me and my family. So we're going to have to part ways. And they were sad. They wanted to keep me. Yeah. And then uh, after a year of being away from them, they tried to hire me back. Yeah. And I was, you know, had another interview to do the sales portion of that. But then they're like, well, how about you just jump in the field for about another 18 months? No. I'm like, I'm not going backwards. <laughs> that's that's a hard no. Yeah, I'm like, no, <laughs> no, not doing it. Right on. Um, now you, you say that you've starting to swing, uh, see a swing back as far as like guys coming in and mm -hmm. and having experience and stuff like that. What do you see that we could do? I mean, it's kind of hard because if the schools aren't turning people out, like, what do you see? Like as far as bringing people on and maybe, I don't know, you have any thoughts on that? Well, um, some of the things that have been implemented in the companies is self-training uh, in, internally um, where they would uh, actually on a Saturday say, whoever's interested to come in on a Saturday, we have one of our higher techs that's going to put on a class. Yeah. And you're not getting paid. You're going to just show up and, and invest in yourself to get a little more education yeah. You know, talk about some things that you're uncomfortable with and so that you can grow as a technician. So if the company is willing to take a Saturday, you know, only even for a few hours yeah. and talk about some points that maybe some of the technicians are struggling with or, you know, word of mouth is this is maybe an issue and try to just um, attack it before it becomes too much of an issue. Yeah. So I, I have seen companies doing that where they're starting to invest in their techs more and giving them free training within themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's one and then I've also been heard that a lot of the schools are starting to open back up some of the trades in the schools. Yeah. So that's the part where I'm talking about where I see a swing where it was like, I don't they, see any uh, type of plan. Our school system just needs oh, to really get it together. It does. There is such a missed opportunity in teaching people. They yeah. have swung so far away from anything mm -hmm. useful as far as information is concerned. Right. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You I definitely came in, have a trade. I came into this through auto mechanics. There you go. I was so, a good trade. You know, I went in, uh, in high school, I took auto mechanics, shop. I mean, every trade I could take, like computers, I was all about it. Mm -hmm. So I was actually an auto mechanic, Ford certified, and then I got out of that because 
I'll be honest, it was really criminal. Yeah. It was brutal. Yeah, they tell you you need this done and you don't really need it. Oh. It happens in AC field too. Well, yeah. I mean, fortunately, I'm pretty shielded from that. I, That's good. I don't tolerate that. Yeah, no, absolutely like not. Like I would just, that guy's got to go. Like I can't have people even giving false information. Mm. Like I, I saw, I used to do Sears, like all of their installations in Nevada. Right. And I saw their sales guys telling people that, uh, and this was back in like 2009 maybe. They were like, oh, that, that refrigerant, that R22, it's illegal. You have to replace your unit. That's ridiculous. I swear to you. I'm yeah. like, wait, what? Number one, you're Sears. Number mm-hmm. two, like, that is such like a misleading, not even misleading. That's just a flat out lie. Yeah. You couldn't manufacture equipment with that refrigerant, but that refrigerant was not illegal. Right. You know, they took <laughs> a portion of the truth and made it something it's not. Yeah. Yep. Oh my God. Sorry. I just got all hot about that. For a second. <laughs> yeah. It gets frustrating. <laughs> so yeah, I'm pretty shielded away from it. I, I just, yeah. when somebody lies to me, I'm like, uh, like it's audacious. Like, did you just, did you just lie? Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I got out of that. I went into air conditioning because I was I just thought to myself, I would never want to pay somebody to fix my air conditioner. I'm gonna do that. And so I just learned it, got into it. Right. And uh yeah. It's been good ever since. You're never gonna sweat. Yeah, and I'm you know, I never went to school for it though. You know, so I started off in one trade, got a bunch of data on other trades mm-hmm. and was able to come into air conditioning and Basically, teach myself. I mean, go to school, read books, and, and that type of thing. But I'm basically self-taught. Right. Yeah. Well, you can, we come from a generation where you actually played outside and, and worked on your truck or car with your friend, your dad or something like that. Like, when I was a kid, if I wanted to hang out with my dad, we're working on the truck. Yeah. So I'm turning wrenches, I'm changing brakes as a kid. So you yeah. start building the foundation of how being mechanically inclined. Yeah. You know? And that's what's wrong with today. You know, most kids want to sit inside and play on their laptop or computer or (laughs) video games and they're not getting the hands-on experience that it takes to be, have that mechanically inclined skill set. My, uh, my mom was actually a single mom. Right. My dad died when I was 10. Oh, wow. So I learned how to work on things because I had to. Yeah. You were forced. Yeah. I mean, I changed my first alternator when I was like 11 years old, 10 years old. I'm sorry you lost your father so early, but it, you know, it made you the man you are today. I lost my father 15 years ago. He was 52. That's rough. Yeah. That's rough. It is. Yeah. Men or boys need their dads to show them as a good example of, you know, how to be a good man and how to treat a woman and all sorts of things. Oh yeah, for sure. I feel for anybody who grows up without a father. Yep. All right. So we are... I think we've pretty much answered all the questions. Did you have anything that you wanted to add to this? Anything on your mind? Well, I'm just happy to be here and and spend some time with a quality person that shares the passion that I have. You know, I love air conditioning. I eat, eat, breathe, sleep air conditioning. (laughs) And I dream about air conditioning. I do too. I appreciate the compliment. That's all all I I do, man. You know, and I, I, I just enjoy it a lot. And I like to help people. So, you know, I, you can give my number out to some of these guys that are being inspired to, to, to grow as a person. And I have no problems talking to them. 
Well, I appreciate that, Joe. Thank you very much. And that is it for this week. Please remember, you can DM me with any questions, suggestions, or whatever on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you very much for listening and 